Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 21 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Oh boy, we heard a new voice and uh you know what there's not a lot of money in uh fantasy football amongst our friends leagues and our uh, listener leagues and stuff like that we do it out of the, the pure enjoyment and this was another one of those benefits winning the mike Vrabel dynasty league uh the confetti is falling like snow out of my window right now for max <laughs> he has defeated jace in the battle of battles in the coveted mike Vrabel dynasty league to secure his first league championship and as part of his reward, he got to do the opening today. Congratulations, Max. Thank you. I want it to be known it's not my first league championship. I won a redraft a couple of years ago, but my first dynasty championship. Um, and it feels it feels very right. Um, we'll get into it, I'm sure, throughout the episode. But Jace, it was a great matchup. I would rather I would not want to fight anyone else in the championship. I I, I wish we both could have won and tied. Boo. Like <laughs> the tie if we Boo. Hey man, Nonsense. Jace is my boy, you know? And I worked very hard for my team, but I also know Jace put in the time. And we, everyone here on the podcast, like Jace made it in three out of four leagues. Peter, you made the playoffs in I think just about every league you're in. Um, I made the playoffs in like 60, 70% of my leagues. Like we all put in the time, we put in the work and it pays off, you know, and it's really nice to see when we can do that, you know? So yeah. I'm just, I I'm think... proud of Jace. I'm proud of Peter. Sadly, I had to knock Peter out in two leagues. I'm basically, this is true. Peter, basically Peter's dad, but um. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm really proud of us boys. Something I will yeah. say, uh, another thing with you, Max, you know, you kind of pumped us up saying that we have, you know, we made playoffs or like made championships and like a lot of our leagues. And you said you only made it in like 65 or 70% of the leagues, but a lot of those leagues are dynasty leagues where you're rebuild first and your team has a vision. So not a lot of like failed teams or uh, not to take a straight bullet out on the giants here. Not a lot of misdirection like the New York football giants right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I came, I was in last place last year in Dynasty. Um, and it just, it didn't stay with me in all offseason. I just try to get 1% better every day. I was hitting those texts every day, trying to hit up Jace, Peter. I mean, that's why we started the podcast because I was texting mm-hmm. you guys every day. I literally go into Peter's room every single day, be like, Peter, like, let's trade, bro. And just talk to him and just enjoy the trade process and everything like that. So I appreciate you boys always putting up with my trades and the rest of the league. And I just I can't wait to see where the league goes. In uh in about twenty years they're gonna do a last dance for you. It's gonna be called the Zoller story, worst to first. <laughs> Dude, what a turnaround. Talk about rebuilding. That's the quickest rebuild I've ever witnessed, ever heard of. But I mean, you talked about it. We started this podcast because we we were just texting so much about different trades and stuff this offseason. Like I look back on that time with just like so much so much inner joy, just talking to you guys every day just I barely even knew Peter at the time Max like we we just knew each other through fantasy like I feel like we all really connected during that time and you know all of us we put together good teams we all made the playoffs and you know Max took the thing home so I don't know the whole thing it was just such a great season Um, Max I'm so happy for you man like to take home a dynasty championship we were talking about this pre-podcast and Peter you kind of mentioned it there's not a whole lot of money involved with our leagues. Like at the end of the day, we started all this pride, thing. We man. All, all pride, pretty much. We were all college kids when we got this thing going. Some are still in college. Some just got out. We don't have a whole lot of money, but 
Um, Max and I were talking about it. If there was no money involved, just winning a dynasty championship, just you feel like a GM that just like went out there and crafted the the perfect championship team. So uh, congratulations to Max. Congratulations to anyone else out there who is, uh, taking home a fantasy championship, especially dynasty. It should, there, there's literally no better feeling. Thank you boys. I, I could really, the podcast has given me so much inspiration and in talking to you guys in the chat every day and everything. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. So I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Really quick. Did want to give a quick shout out to uh, first place and runner up from our inaugural listeners league King smoke uh, being the winner and uh, my boy deuce dropper. Love, love the, uh, love the name deuce dropper uh, <laughs> uh, come first and second, respectively. Uh, congratulations guys. You had great rosters throughout the year. Uh, our team riddled with injuries, you know, I'll make every excuse in the book. I feel like our team on paper was right up there with the best rosters, but, uh, you know, week on week, it's, it's hard to win all three games when you don't get a buy. So, uh, again, congrats, King Smoke and Deuce Dropper on first and second place. Uh, seriously, moving forward, we love the Listener League, and uh, you guys are the best, seriously, and you guys give great inspiration as well for the pod. Yeah, um, just real quick here, um, King Smoke, like I just want to shout you out again. You came into it kind of like rebuilding and everything like that. Like I don't think you were trying to compete this year. And, I mean, your team, a lot of young stars – and just it really showed up, and I'm, I'm happy for you, Deuce Dropper. Um, just the whole league, like Peter said, I'll echo that. Mm-hmm. Me too. All I right. Anything else? Again, congratulations to all league winners out there. We hope we at least helped you make a nice deep run in your fantasy playoffs and set you up for success moving into the 2022 season. We're going to have a lot of 2022 content coming up, especially with this draft class, a lot of receiver-heavy drafts. Uh, getting mock so far i think there's like four or five guys within the nfl first round draft for receiver so get your first round picks ready if you are pretty bad at wide receiver or old uh, we're going to be doing in-depth analysis and breakdowns of all these guys moving forward uh beyond that we do have our giveaway coming up for super bowl sunday still stay tuned for that follow us on twitter we've been getting a lot of traction on twitter uh over the last couple of days with some fantasy football insiders and a couple other people starting to follow us and recognize our game over there so give us a follow at dynasty monarchy uh on twitter all of our individual handles are linked there as well as well as the description box below and give us a follow on spotify apple pod whatever you want to do whichever place you listen to your podcast give us a rate uh you know five stars only acceptable one Uh, especially if you won your fantasy championship from some advice that we gave you we would really 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 appreciate a, a a rating uh we would really appreciate that so again thank you but we have an incredible show we're gonna do some buy low candidates so some guys that kind of finished off the year a little stinky uh that we have a lot of faith in moving into 2022 we're gonna have some sell high candidates some of these roaring rookies uh at wide receiver i'm sure are gonna be listed that made some impacts down the season uh down the stretch in the playoffs and then we're gonna do uh kind of a flip on something we did i feel like it was episode like eight eight nine or ten something like that where we did mid-season overreactions we're gonna do postseason overreactions moving into 2022 this is something that we feel very vehemently for the following season. Uh, without further ado, anything from you guys before we get into the episode? What was that word you just said? V- vehemently? <laughs> vehemently. I've never heard that word in my life. I am 
so blown away that that is in your vocabulary. That is me too. Vehemently in a forceful, passionate, or intense manner with great feeling. Wow. I'm going to take that with me. Shout out. Jeez. Shout out uh, SJU, baby. I I went to SJU too, and I just didn't learn that word. (laughs) Shout out. How about shout out Lori and Mike, my parents. There you go. That used to, that used to vehemently encourage me to get better grades. Let's put it like that. (laughs) Dude, you're awesome at this. Um, seriously, uh, anything before we get into the episode today, guys? Yes, I want to thank our sponsor, and then you can take it from there. You got it. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Sport your team, company, or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the U.S. of A. There you go. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home office, or anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and work-proof. Visit GameDayLiner.com and use the code DYNASTY22 today to score 15% off your custom liner. Yes, not 10, 15% off your custom liner. That's code DYNASTY22 at GameDayLiner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. Definitely. Uh, and I will say from previous episodes, it used to be Dynasty 21, all lowercase, and now it's Dynasty 22, all lowercase. So just moving forward with the new year, uh, hard to believe that it is a new year, but uh, Dynasty 22 is the new code. College football season's wrapping up, very sad. Uh, so get your orders in now for next year, or maybe even some kind of office memorabilia, whatever. First and foremost, great guy. Jace knows him very well. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, just trying to start a business, start a dream, and it's a great product too. So you help both. All right. So we're going to get into the episode again. Thank you all uh, for an incredible 2021. Uh, and we're going to move into 2022 with our first segment by low candidates for the 2022 off season. Uh, I really don't feel like I'm in a snake draft mood. I know this is surprising. I want to uh-huh. gift it. I want to gift it to our reigning champion, Max. Mm. Right there. No, on another fire. another extra perk. Another extra perk of winning the championship is being able to decide the order for now. Right. You go first, and then Jace, and then myself. All right. All right. If you are a Jets hater, turn away. Uh, just just skip forward probably about three minutes but no on a serious note if you aren't a Jets hater and want to get better at fantasy football next year this is an incredible 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 buy low uh, candidate moving into the offseason Michael Carter rookie running back out of North Carolina notably Javonta Williams backup at North Carolina despite being a year older I believe uh, Michael Carter recorded 620 all-purpose yards this season finishing as the RB29 in uh, PPR leagues. And I know you hear that, oh God, you know, RB29, he's not even in the top 24. You know, he'll probably slip to the third round or fourth round in these dynasty startups next year. Don't buy it. He played 13 games this year. And in two of those games, he left after like 20% of the snaps due to injury. And at that, they were unfortunate, unlucky injuries. One was a high ankle sprain and one was a concussion. The game where he left with the concussion was against the Bucs. He had five points within the first like five minutes of the game too. He was going on an absolute heater. He's been hot down the stretch. 
And I understand there's a lot of risk with Jets players moving forward, but I try to do some analysis here. So because he technically, you know, quote unquote, technically only played in 11, you know, full games and he was splitting a lot of the snaps early on. I wanted to do uh, an analysis I've been seeing more and more on Twitter, which is a points per snap, which is more of a guarantee because you're not always going to quote unquote, get the rock, but these players, when you sum out their points per snap percentage, you can kind of get a better ballpark range of what you're expecting for them that week. You know, if they're going to be on a snap count, this is more of the range I can expect uh, going into a week. Um, And I compared it against other guys who had, you know, pretty decent rookie seasons or pretty uh, have become pretty good after their rookie year. Um, So one of my favorite guys is Josh Jacobs who had a top 14 rookie season. Josh Jacobs had 262 touches for a total fantasy points of, and by the way, these are all half point PPR total fantasy points of 181. That's 0.69. Nice, nice points per snap. So Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs finished his rookie year with 0.69 points per snap. Nice. So every time he saw a snap, he got 0.69 points. Nice. Then we move to somebody who had an incredible, incredible, incredible year this year. Joe Mixon, and nobody's ever doubted Joe Mixon's talent. His rookie year, he had a 208, uh, 208 snaps throughout his entire rookie year and finished off with 126 total points, coming in at 0.61 points per snap. So both of these guys who I can see the archetype of Michael Carter sort of fitting, you know, his the whole argument is his whole ceiling is uh, Alvin Kamara. I see him more as a Michael Carter, uh, sorry, more as a Joe Mixon that doesn't get hurt his kind of archetype. So he finished with 0.61 points per snap, his rookie season. uh, That was Joe Mixon. And then I'm going to do his college teammate, who is a 2022 expected first round pick in dynasty startups. Uh, And then beyond that, probably in redraft startups as well. uh, He's going to be a first round pick at some point. He had 232 total touches for 176 points on the season, coming in at a whopping 0.76 so 0.76 points per snap. Michael Carter finished with 0.01 higher. So Michael Carter finished off the year with 0.77 points per snap, 135 points on 174 total snaps. And Javonta Williams finished at 0.76. So if you're banging a drum for Javonta Williams, I would be banging a drum even harder for Michael Carter, who is a guaranteed number one in that offense with the potential for Melvin Gordon to come back next year and Javonta Williams to get screwed a little. What about Tevin Coleman? Oh, boy. I'm scared. <laughs> what about my boy, LaMichael? Just Sorry, but that was that was a little bit of my analysis with Michael Carter moving forward. I tried to stay as objective as possible, uh, not trying to show any jet bias and having elaborate non-math-based uh, arguments for him. No, I, I really like that, and I actually have – I stumbled upon some data. I shared it with you pre-podcast. Um that further supports this and it's actually points per touch rather than points per snap. But I actually, like you said, I like the points per snap metric a lot more just because you're not guaranteed to get the rock all the time. Um, So here's some points per touch data. So the crazy thing about Michael Carter to me though, this season, he was only averaging 13.4 touches per game, but was still able to turn in 0.88 points per touch. So almost a full point every time he touched the ball and looking at this list that I have in front of me, I want to give a shout out real quick to the guy who did this. This is Scott Rinier at Munder Difflin. 
FF. And you think um, he likes the office or something? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. And, <laughs> but just comparing the, uh, that the points per touch metric, um, for Michael Carter to the other guys that you mentioned, Joe Mixon was only 0.86 per touch. So 0.02 higher than Joe Mixon, um, Josh Jacobs 0.84. Um, so 0.04 higher than Josh Jacobs. Um, and then Javante Williams, let me find him 0.85. So he's higher than all of these guys on that same list. And that is this season, not just rookie years. Um, so Michael Carter, he is a rookie. Uh, Javante is the only one on this list. That's also a rookie. You'd like to think that rookies can only get better in their, uh, you know, moving forward for the next couple of years, especially a kid like that on a young team. That's definitely improving, has young weapons all over the field. So I absolutely love it. I don't think he'll ever be properly valued um, this off season. So like, I, I, I definitely would go out and get him, but I think all se- off season long, he's just, people are going to write off the jets. People are going to write off the running back for the jets, but I think you should definitely go get this guy. Yeah. And really quick before we move into Max's point, something that I will say about, about uh, Carter in general, I believe I don't have the stat in front of me, but he has the second highest yards after being touched or like yard yards yeah, after yards after tackle contact. yards after contact and he's second only to javonta williams as well and they're off by like barely anything so those guys mm-hmm. like when they get the rock they're gonna run hard and they're gonna run downhill at somebody and uh michael carter's incredible in the passing game as well i mean michael carter to me peter one your analysis was amazing so good so good um that's what we love here at the dynasty monarchy podcast Two, it's just such a roller coaster for me and Michael Carter. I feel as though, you know, beginning of the season, I hopped on Peter's car and we were riding the roller coaster together. And he was really hyping me up about him. And I was believing the hype. You know, I, I liked him coming out of college and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, he kind of disappointed during the season and then got hurt and everything like that. And to me, like, where he finishes a running back, like, it doesn't decide his skill set whatsoever. Like, I think he's so much better than that. And I think when he was playing the games, he was putting up insane numbers. And like, there was even that one time, Peter, did you talk about how first Miami, he got down like the one yard line. He could, could have six more points and that could have probably bumped him up like two spots, but yeah, that probably could have bumped him up to like RB 26 or like, cause all it, those it, guys it, are so close and that, that 20 to what is it? The 24 to 32 range. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just like, I think there's no better time than right now to go out and buy Michael Carter. I mean, Especially because he might play this week. He may he might play. So if you're hearing this before Sunday's four o'clock kickoff, and yeah, he know, goes crazy, just in case. I just think you're gonna people are gonna be scared by the narrative that he's a jet and that the offense is bad or whatever, and that Zach Wilson's terrible and this this and that. But in reality, the man's a very very talented football player, and he's gonna be one of the only main focal points on that offense. And he's so young and he's just, he, it's a perfect, perfect time to buy low. So I, I think this is a great guy, Peter. Too bad I yeah. own him in almost all of the leagues that we share together. <laughs> Actually, you, uh, no, every single league that we share together, I own him. So sorry. <laughs> Do, uh, did you share what a, what a possible trade scenario would be for you to go get Michael Carter? Yeah, I was looking, uh, there's some dynasty tools out there that I use as well as Max and Jace, um, and they show actual trades that have been happening in certain leagues over the course of the year. And I looked at some trades for Michael Carter over the past three months and something that he's always been in big packages because nobody's been going out trying to buy and invest in solely him. He's just been a uh, little like cherries on top and deals. 
that people don't understand his value really. He's a mere he's a maraschino cherry. He's not one of those uh, poopy cherries that you get at uh, <laughs> that you get at Chick Fil A. He's a <laughs> he's one of the ones in the nice glass jar. Oh yeah. But I saw something. Uh, the only times that I did see him getting traded was recently, and they were 2022 first round picks. Like a 2022 first, especially if it's a back half pick, I'd be 100,000% confident sending that. Uh, I saw Chase Edmonds in a second. I'd be confident in that as well. Chase Edmonds had a very lucky start to the season being very consistent. And then with no James Conner down the stretch, he got a lot of opportunity late there as well. That opportunity is always going to be there, but he's just an aging running back that is going to not have that same kind of juice and and power that uh, Michael Carter has. Chase Edmonds doesn't have top 12 running back upside over the course of his career. Well, while I feel Michael Carter definitely has that kind of upside. Yeah. I think those are both really, really good deals. I feel like the chase Edmund Edmonds one, you could probably depending on what time you want to send that offer over. Like, I don't know what James Connors contract looks like. I think he was just on a one-year deal, so he could be back out the door. I don't know if they're going to resign him. Um, you, I mean, you would think they would after the year he had, but he, you know, just like us dynasty managers, he's an aging running back that just got a lot of work. So I think you could probably get Edmonds to go over there straight up if it looked like that was going to be his backfield again. And I think that would be it, especially in full point PPR. I think that'd be really good because I do think Michael Carter, the thing with like, I, I, I don't know why, but I kind of compare Clyde and Michael Carter in a way, like just because they're, we've so, talked about this. Yeah. They're, they're both coming out of college. So good catching the ball out of the backfield in Clyde, that was just like the thing I kept clinging on to is he's got to just catch the ball. If he starts catching the ball in that Kansas City offense, he's going to be unstoppable. It hasn't happened for him, but with Michael Carter, we saw it for a stretch. Mike White, um, during that you know two, three-game stretch when he was starting, Michael Carter was like a top-five option in full-point PPR. So I think if Wilson in that Jets offense figures out that they can just take the safe route more often than not and dump it down to an electric pat- pass catcher out of the backfield – I think it'd be good for the offense. And I think Michael Carter, like, I think it's more likely to materialize for him than Clyde at this point. All right. Who do we have up next? Mr. Champion Max. Chase is up next. I am up next. So this one, I, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of going to make it too, actually, because it's kind of a, I'm not just going after these guys specifically necessarily. I'm trying to upgrade elsewhere in the trade. Um, when I'm selling high here, or I mean, buying low here, um, I want to buy low on another guy so that I can upgrade elsewhere. So that's kind of my thought behind buying low on Russell Wilson, who's just had an abysmal year. And just, I mean, I don't know, like, it just feels so gross saying his name at this point. Like, I I don't even know. He was like down there with Matty ice, uh, towards the end of the season. And, uh, ever since he got back from that injury, um, to his hand. So, He's one guy that I think is definitely going to rebound. This is Russell Wilson we're talking about. He's a perennial top 12 quarterback in fantasy, and I I don't think he's being valued that way right now. Um, I also think he's a bit of a mystery box because personally, I don't think he's going to stick in Seattle. I think um, he could end up in Denver or someone who really needs a quarterback and is ready to go a little more than the Seahawks at this point. Um, But another guy that's really been struggling down the stretch and really let me down um, in redraft is Matthew Stafford. Um, who's really been struggling lately and he's another great buy low candidate to me I think next season he's going to be in the running for MVP once he gets in um, to a second full offseason with Sean McVay and that offense and kind of figuring out where those weapons stand and what roles uh, they have in the offense so uh, both of those guys I'm absolutely targeting I'm trying to 
to upgrade elsewhere. So here is a trade that I have um, kind of put together, um, kind of demonstrating what I'm talking about. So um, this is a real trade I'm actually uh, deciding on sending out, but it's Kyler and TJ Hawkinson from my side for Russell and uh, Kyle Pitts. So that that's a trade that I am debating on sending out. I think might have a decent possibility of going through, but uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. I guess I'll kick us off here. I'm just the only thing that entices me about Russell Wilson is the guy that he throws the ball to in DK Metcalf. Um, I, I think without DK, I think Russ is pretty, pretty cooked. Even, even with DK, he's still pretty after the thumb injury and everything. And just that offense with Pete Carroll, I want nothing to do with it. So, I mean, I think trading Kyler for Russ, like in a one quarterback league, I think it's completely fine. Like I'm not the biggest Russ fan, but just to get pits and have that advantage, like he's, he's breaking Mike Dicka's record this week for tight end yards. Like get, he had an extra game. The man's insane. And he had more than that. an extra game back then. I think they only played like 14 games, but yeah, I, th- I think that is true as well. But yeah, like not even just going after a guy like Pitts. I just think any other kind of target you have out there where you can, you know, maybe see like, uh, you know, in that same league, I have Elijah Mitchell, you know, maybe like a Kyler and Elijah Mitchell for Russell Wilson and DeAndre Swift on that same team. I just think at the end of the day in the offseason, quarterbacks really don't mean that much to me until it's like right about, you know, it's like just that time for the season to start. Like, I feel like it can be a pretty fluid position on your roster because like you pretty much know like the top 12 guys. And like, to me, you can just shift around those guys and to upgrade or downgrade is really not that hard, but I just think there's such a bad taste in people's mouths with both Russell and Matthew Stafford, who I haven't talked about a whole lot, but I think especially me who just had him in redraft, who like, he really let me down um, in the championship game against Baltimore and that horrible secondary that we talked about. I just think there's a good window to just shift that quarterback and maybe find a slight upgrade elsewhere. So that's just kind of like a, I don't know. That's just kind of a way that I'm thinking about it. I'm not necessarily just specifically targeting a quarterback on my team until it's you know a week before the season. Yeah. Uh, for me, I can't be more uh, opposite Max here. I, I think Russell Wilson, despite me uh, kind of pooping on him all year due to my Jets bias uh, with the Jets having their pick, I think winners find a way to win and find a way to compete. And Russell Wilson is a 100% winner. And wherever he goes, in, he's not going back to Seattle. Seattle needs to understand that uh, and just let it be. He's not going to go back there. And wherever he goes, he's going to find a way to win. Winning quarterbacks, uh, for the most part, are fantasy relevant. And I would bank on that skill set, being able to transition somewhere else. And by the way, he had his worst offensive line that he's ever had in his entire career this year outside of Dwayne Brown, who averaged out as a league average tackle per pro football focus. I think he averaged out at 17, 16 or 17 left tackle on the season. Every other lineman was in the bottom 10 at their position. Uh, That offensive line was one of the worst lines I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, So, and I I said this preseason as well. This is why I was anti-DK. Uh, from the beginning of the season as well. You can check the tape. So, How did that turn I, out for you in the championship? It turned out very bad in the championship. But not oh, for me, yeah. for Jace. But, you know. You sure did. Broken you clocks sure did. right twice a day. Yeah. He scored that three times, right. though. How are you going to tell me that? And then it's right three times a day. <laughs> 
I, I think what I really like what you said, but just kind of like a, a thought to sum it up. I'm betting on the sample size with both of these guys. They're, they've always been solid. I don't see either of them dropping off a cliff. And I think kind of the thought more so Russ than Matthew Stafford. I think a lot of people might be out on him completely. Like, you know, the past couple of seasons, he's been hot for stretches, then ice cold at, at stretches. And now he's just, he's been ice cold pretty much all season. So I just think there's a bad taste in people's mouths and I'm going to bet on the sample size. And I'm also going to take that mystery box because personally I kind of see him in a Broncos uniform. So uh, there's some really good weapons over there and I'll, I'll take that mystery box. All right, Max, let's hear it. You know, perfect segue into one of my buy low candidates. I have two as well as of you guys don't know who I'm going to say, cause I don't put in the doc. Cause I'm a surprise. It's going to be man. Jerry Judy. First one by low, isn't it? Jerry Judy is one of them. Let's go. <sighs> Number two is Jalen Waddle, And people might be like, oh, what are you doing buying Jalen Waddle low? Everyone's caught up on Jamar Chase's season. Everyone's like, and don't get me wrong. We don't, we're not fading Chase here anymore. That's for sure. Right, Chase? Nah, nah. nah. Chase is on the case. Um, <laughs> Jalen, what Jalen Waddle did this year is incredible. He did it with a pretty below average quarterback into a, and he was getting like 12 targets a game. He's just a very – very fast NFL player. He's very talented. That's why they took him number six overall, right behind Jamar Chase. Um, and I say buy low because it's not going to be easy to get Jalen Waddle, but I think he's going to be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for many years to come. I think he has that skill set, and I genuinely believe in him. Um, recently, I just traded away Trey Lance and Devonta Smith for Jalen Waddle and Gabe Davis. Um, I also gave away Parman, but you know, I have Lamar. So Trey Lance didn't really mean much to me, and I just I believe in Jalen Waddle. So he's my first guy. My second guy is just it, it's a combination. It's kind of like a two three guy, but Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Um, like you said, Chase, I, I do think a quarterback ends up in uh, Denver. I don't think LA is going to put up with mediocrity much longer there. So I think Jerry Judy is a very talented player as well. Um, the dip is just it's it's a very big dip right now, and for for the right reason. I mean, the guy was absolutely. Terrible. Cheeks. cheeks for weeks. Hey, yes, that's great, Peter. Cheeks for weeks. He was horrible. So I think his price is probably as low as it's, it's going to get right now. And to go out and buy him ASAP right when the window opens. Yeah, no, Max, uh, I really agree with you here. Uh, despite all the grossness that comes with Denver, I feel like either through the draft and them trading up or through – you know, trading away picks or some way they're going to find a new quarterback's going to be there. It's not going to be Teddy Bridgewater, not going to be Drew Locke. They're going to have a new quarterback there. I will buy in on the bundle, especially when it is for a very, very, very low cost this offseason. I would bank less on uh, Cortland Sutton because he had another year of being the number one wide receiver there while only putting up mediocre stats at best. Uh, I feel like he had his weeks where he would go off and make managers believe in him, and then he would burn them for two or three weeks straight. Uh, but I would bet on Jerry Judy a lot more. Uh, for your other one, for your other one, Jalen Waddell, uh, I feel like that's going to be a very, very, very hard buy low. Uh, it's definitely going to be an overpay this offseason because, you know, I'm going to say like 90% of people that are in a dynasty league actually pay a lot of attention to fantasy football. Yeah. Um, so when you're buying low on Jalen Waddle, somebody's going to understand his value. My only thing that I'm, I'm scared about there is what 
the heck is going to happen with the offense? What's going to happen at quarterback to his durability has always been a question. Um, but with the kind of receiver that he is, who knows, you know, since he's like a five yard out guy or screen guy, and that's where he makes his living off of the PPR, maybe it won't be the end of the world. I, I really do like Waddle though. I was very scared of him at the start of the year. Uh, I, I said that, uh, especially seeing Tua behind the, uh, you know, quote unquote, behind the plate, uh, addition him the ball. But I, I think now he's one of the safest, uh, safest options in your half point and full point PPR leagues. I just want to pose the question to both of you. What if, this is hypothetically, Jason, you can speak on it first, obviously. What if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami and has Jalen Waddle as his number one wide receiver? Oh, my God. He would be – He would be. it would be Burrow Chase Kyrie again. Kill. Yeah, it would be, be Burrow Chase. Story. Yeah, it would be something – it would just be explosive. Like, name your – the most explosive guy you can think of right now, and he's he would be that guy because he's built like that. And Jalen Waddle, man, like – I remember at the beginning of the season, I was just trying to take a second and look at some um, preseason projections from uh, for him from different analysts um, over at CBS, who are the guys that I trust. I felt like at the beginning of the year, there were analysts that literally had him tapped in for like 300 yards on the season. And there were other ones with um, 800 yard plus seasons. And then he just went out and destroyed all of it. So coming into the year, there were just so many different variables in play. There was Will Fuller who just got signed and was coming off a pretty miraculous season before he got punched with the PED suspension. And then they had Devontae Parker, who'd been showing up and playing really well. Albert Wilson, who was like a good deep ball guy and Miles Gaskin. Who's the siphon. Yeah. Mike Kosicki. Yeah. Really good. And there were just like a lot of options there. So I, I just, it was more like the talent was there, but people just like couldn't believe in the situation. I was definitely one of those people. I just didn't think too, it could feed all of those mouths, but at the end of the day, he just, turned into their number one target just by a mile. So I think this rookie season, just because Jamar Chase had his, it's going to be overshadowed by um, that. And I think in a way he is a buy low because I think he's just as exciting as Jamar Chase, if not more, because he will be the only guy in that offense moving forward. Um, Will Fuller, he hasn't been a mainstay in the offense all season, but he's going to be gone certainly after this season. Devontae Parker is only another year older and he's just been a perennial, just a guy, you know, he's just a warm body out there. Like we like to say, he's all right, but he's nothing more than a team's wide receiver too. He's not an alpha by any means. So I don't know. I think if you can buy him before he becomes the next Tyreek Hill, you're absolutely buying low. I don't mind an overpay at all. I really do. After looking at Max's trade, sure. You give up Trey Lance, but it's a one quarterback league. Um, I, I think quarterbacks are plentiful in that. So, um, I, I absolutely support all of the Jalen model love. And then for Jerry Judy, I talked about it all season. He's one of my favorite by lows at any point. I just, with him, I, I can't stop buying into the separation ability by him, his route running. I know it might be like a little cliche thing to like, you know, watching people running around cones and stuff, but on the NFL field, watch him toast cornerbacks. He's always wide open. He just hasn't had the quarterback to get him the ball. So, um, yeah, just put me in the lottery with him. I think they're going to land a quarterback like Max does. Yeah. I think it's going to be Russell Wilson, but Cortland, Jerry, Judy, I think they both got great tools. They just need a quarterback. So I, I love both of those. Something I, I will say before we move on, you want to talk about crazy divisions. AFC West, NFC West would both be juggernauts still. So AFC West would be, Herbert, Mahomes, Carr, and then Russ. 
NFC West Ooh. would be Kyler, Stafford, uh, Trey Lance, and then whoever they're going to play in Seattle, you know, bridge guy for the year. That's crazy. Right. Whatever. They still got Pete right? Carroll, so they're going to compete. It'll be fine. Right. But... That'll be another, it, the West will be like the, the craziest divisions in all of the NFL. <laughs> and then you have the AFC North, which is always like a crazy battle. And then the AFC East, which is becoming more and more like the NFC West every week with these teams kind of starting to figure it out all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so man. these divisions are going to become very, very, very uh, tight yeah. moving down down the uh, down for next year and the year after, especially if Denver can land a quarterback. It'll be very interesting for next year. I, I think Definitely. the AFC West would move to be the hardest division in football. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I would agree. All right, we are going to snake it around, Max. Give us your sell high. Yeah, um, this could get reactions, Chase. You could put it in as a, like a shocker. People are shocking that Max is saying this right now, but uh, <laughs> it's another guy I sold on right right when the window opened. He hurt me a little bit, but uh, it's Christian McCaffrey. Um, you and the Panthers alike. Me and the Panthers alike. That also came out after I sold him, but um, they're listening to offers. Whenever a running back moves a team, I just I don't think they get better. You can't name ten examples of in the NFL when a running back moves teams as a free agent or gets traded that he just becomes better. Um, I think the offense fits Christian McCaffrey. I think he's comfortable right now, but at the same time, he's been hurt for two years in a row, and I would sell him now while he still has the value that he does. Um, I ended up selling him for Devonta Smith and Amari Cooper. And, you know, obviously it stinks not to get a running back back in return, but to get Smith was already great value. And then to get Cooper on top of it, I was like very, very pleased with it. Um, I'm just. Yeah. CMC is at the age barrier, man. And sell, sell the name. They'll say, they'll say that there's not a lot of tread on those tires, which, you know, over the last two years, they're kind of right. And this year he did not have surgery, but he's one of those guys, you know, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, the last two years, he hasn't been available and you can't take that risk if you're a competitor going down the stretch with that. You know, while he does have that game-breaking potential, I'd rather play it safe and get guys that are guaranteed to be out there for like 85% of games all year. Yeah, personally, I think I'm dead set opposite on both of you guys. Like, if people are selling low, I, I'm buying it. Honestly, like, to me – I, I, Peter brought up one of my arguments. There's really not that much tread on the tires. He hasn't had a whole lot of touches. Um, and the injuries, they, they, there's been no serious injuries whatsoever. They've been nagging injuries. I think a lot of it might have to do with the way they manage his injuries over there. So I don't know if they can get that figured out. To me, he's still the number one option in fantasy. If I were in dynasty startups and I was ready to go, I'd probably still take him at, you know, as a top three pick. I'm still in on CMC. Just as a fantasy player, he's just so multifaceted in the game. Produces cheat code. Points. He's just a cheat code. So, like, I one thing that I said all off season was, and I didn't really follow my own advice because I was off a of Debo when I shouldn't have been. But labeling people as injury prone, it's mm-hmm. not just like a normal stat, such as like um, rushing attempts per game or pass attempts per game. It's it's not it's like touchdowns. It's not a sticky stat and it's not something that you can necessarily project all the time. So for me, I I just can't deny what he's already done. Like he's helped me get to playoffs in so many leagues. I think he's 
while he's getting to that age barrier, I just, I still think he's in the prime of his career and I, I think he'll forever be the focus of that team if he's there. And if he's somewhere else, I, I mean, I, I don't know how people could get away with him. So I'm on the other side, but you know, I could be dead wrong. You guys could be dead. Right. But I, I just can't deny my boy. It's hard. No, it, it's hard. It's hard, and I feel like there's no correct answer. When you're talking with Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be, you know, person-by-person based. And as long as you get good value and, again, good guaranteed value on the other end. I don't want Trey Lance. I don't want, like, mystery boxes on the other end. I want, you know, Devonta Smith, who's for now guaranteed to be the number one wide receiver there and has his piece of the passing pie. I want Amari Cooper, who's still the number one in Dallas, and while he's there, he will probably continue to be the number one. And I just want guys that don't have a lot of question marks surrounding them. Like I would not trade him for Jerry Judy and X, Y, or Z. There's just too much risk in something like that. In fantasy running back should always be the most fluid part of your, of your team. Like their windows are so much shorter. You want to invest in long-term assets and those are your wide receivers. So if I'm selling him, I'm doing what Max did. I'm going to get young studly wide receivers with upside. I think Amari Cooper is just the standard wide receiver low end wide receiver one probably with cd there i think he's just a standard piece in your lineup and devonta smith is a young dude that has all kinds of upside and ability so if you're going to sell high make sure you're selling high and go get wide receivers 100 percent. real quick before we move off cmc i think peter why you're on my side of this argument is he hurt us both me and you oh he did he hurt (laughs) so christian mccaffrey two years ago hurt my uh, championship run if I had Chris McCaffrey I had him for a total of one game all year uh, two years ago I traded for him right when he was getting back from injury played the Chiefs and put up like 30 points in three quarters and then didn't have him from the rest of the year and hey, I'll give you this my team beat the Camara Christmas bomb in the third place game so <sighs> I'll just give you a, a glimpse into uh, how great my team was a couple of years ago before I had to blow it up so yeah. You know, he, he really hurt my team bad, bad, bad. Uh, so yeah. I will say I have a scorn on him. Yeah, he's he's just one of those kind of polarizing guys now, whereas like he was just he was just the gold standard for a while. He's now become like almost like the Will Fuller of running backs where like, you know, that potential's there, but he's just been so banged up lately. Like, the, 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 no. I mean, it just in a way, just like when I think of fantasy ceilings, Will Fuller used to always be that guy that could just in a heartbeat give you a 50-point game if you played him on the right day. Come on, Mr. Notre Dame Homer. You, you want be. him? I mean, I'll give you Will Fuller for like no. a second. Right no, 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 no. These are days of old. These were Deshaun Watson, Houston days um, that I'm referring to here. But, I like, he's just got so much game-breaking potential. And we talked about it at the beginning of the season. I remember he was your boom of the week one time. Max, um, he was the number one running back on the week, and he didn't score a touchdown, which yeah. was like unheard what of. We, what are we? T- what is this? So I, that for me is just undeniable. Until he looks slow out there, it starts tearing ACLs and Achilles, and knock on wood, that never happens for the guy. Um, I'm still in on the on the homeboy. All right, Jace, let's keep the show moving right along. Let's hear your side of the story. Yeah, this Who's your sell-high candidate? Yeah, this one is a little controversial depending on who you ask, uh, but this one's Amon Ross St. Brown. The our son boy. Guy, or, or like we call him, Juicy St. Brown. And I Shout just, out episode three. 
Shout out episode three, man. What an episode. And it's come full circle at this point now. Episode 21. Uh, still calling them juicy. And you look juicy down the stretch. I do have to say that. But moving forward in Dynasty, I just, I, I love the guy. He really helped me out. I lost to uh, Jamar Chase's 55.6 bomb by one point. Um, to actually less than one point, point nine four, uh, with help by Juicy St. Brown and a huge blow up game in the championship round. But um, I, I got to sell him at this point. Like, I think he's just returned value sky high. And I think if you're going to sell him now, you're going to make a profit. Um, he blew up when Swift and Hawkinson were out during the stretch. I know Swift came back in the final game, but I think he had like less than 10 total touches on the game. Um, even though, um, Motor City, Dan Campbell came out and said he was going to get the full workload. Swift did not get the full workload. It all went to St. Brown. And I think if Swift and Hawkinson are out there and maybe they add, you know, a true like alpha type wide receiver, um, which is very possible with how bad they are and what picks they might have. So I just, I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to be the wide receiver one that he was down the stretch. I don't think he's ever really going to be a wide receiver too. I think at best in full point PPR, he's going to be a really solid flex just because they've seen what he can do now. Um, and I think they're going to make an effort to get him the rock, but I, I just don't think he's going to be the rock star that he was down the stretch. So um, here are some guys that I'd definitely be willing to ship him over for. So Claypool, uh, Chase Claypool straight up. I would absolutely do. I, ju I just can't deny the, the physical attributes of Chase Claypool. Um, I know the mental side of the game might be a struggle for him, but at the end of the day, I don't really care about that. Um, I care if he can put fantasy points on the table and I think he's a better build to do so. Um, and then Jerry Judy straight up. Absolutely. If there's anyone wavering on Jerry Judy that much, I'm absolutely um, betting on a first round pick rather than a fourth round pick in the NFL. So Jerry Judy, absolutely. And I would definitely be willing to put a second on top of that and then go check on your Chris Godwin owners. You know, he had a super late ACL tear, um, you know, he's probably not going to play most of next season, if at all. Um, so I don't know if you find the right competitor that has him and they need someone um, that looks like they have a ton of upside and a lot of potential. I think Amon Ross sent over there to Chris Godwin might be it might be interesting. I'd throw some picks on top as well. I think I would I would do a couple seconds on top, maybe in a, even a late to mid 2022 first. So check on Chris Godwin owners. Yeah, check on Chris Godwin owners. Team. Check it. See how they're doing. Are you doing all right over there? Yo, you're not. Need, Hold up. Come talk to me. We got, we yeah, got to talk for a minute. I got the juice. <laughs> yeah, I got juice. You need you need some help? I got some. But um, those are all very, very good trade oh. ideas. I mean, I would do every one of those trades. I think before, like I think last episode, we talked about Juicy. Like, what would you guys buy him for or whatever? And I was like, you know, I'd pay a first and a second. And then Jason's like, I don't know about that, man. Like, I think his value is towards the top. And like we talked about, it, and you really have talked me off that cliff. And like, I think his value is as high as it's going to get right now. I mean, I don't see it getting much higher than the 35 point game in the championship game. Um, he's a good player. There's no doubt about that. I just don't trust Detroit. Like you said, Jace, um, those are all very good trade targets. And I would definitely be willing to sell high right now. Yeah. And, and, and I think I speak for all the monarchs here when we're not doubting his talent or doubting that he can be a top 24 wide receiver next year, given the right circumstance, or, you know, maybe, you know, on his low end floor, a top 36 wide receiver next year, we're not doubting that at all. We're just saying his value is so high right now. You have to go exchange it. You have okay. to have to have to sell out right now because you could get insane offers for him right now. Uh, especially if Detroit 
potentially makes a move for Malik Willis or, you know, one of these big name quarterbacks in the draft class uh, coming up. Cause I know the Lions have two first round picks and I think Willis mm-hmm. is getting mocked towards the back. I'm going to be the draft expert because I look at mock drafts <laughs> all day. He does. He's a mock I, draft fanatic. I'm a, I'm a mock fiend. No, I just, I just love the NFL. And mm-hmm. now that there's no more Thursday football to get ready for I, I just, I just get going on the mocks, but no, <laughs> his value will go through the roof if they're given the correct quarterback, but I really don't see Malik Willis making a huge impact uh, in the first year in that system. Jared Goff, you know, they have, they have Hawkinson, they have, um, they have Swift, they have Javonta, not Javonta Williams, um, Jamal, Jamal Williams, they have, they have incredible weapons there. And while he has been incredible this season, I, I really – I feel like you got to sell right now. And you, you just have to sell right now and get players that are guaranteed value. He's a coin toss away from never being this high again in his entire career. And you just got to trade in on that now. 100%. Yeah. All of his value down the stretch is just directly tied with Swift and Hawkinson missing time. More so Swift, which makes sense because – his a dot is not high. They are not throwing him deep balls. He's only six foot tall. I mean, actually, he's a lot. I mean, I thought he was like five eight, honestly. Um, but um, no, he's six foot tall, one ninety seven. He's not a huge guy. Like they're not going to send him down deep field unless he's just absolutely cooking somebody. He doesn't have to go up and get it. So, I don't know. It, when Swift is back, Swift is good for like he's got the upside for ten targets in the passing game, and those are the same exact targets that Juicy gets. So. I don't know. I think they're going to disappear. He didn't score until week 13 when Swift and Hawk were out. So like the touchdown upside, I talked about it Um, during the podcast. I never thought he had much touchdown upside. He ended up saying, no, 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 I do when I'm the only guy out here, but when the rest of the, uh, when the rest of the weapons are out there, he really doesn't, he's not a a TD threat, not a red zone threat. If you ask me, but he is talented. He's a guy I want on my roster for sure. But like Peter said, the value is just too high. If you can swap it for a Claypool or someone that just has a little more upside or a little more consistency going for them or projected for them down the road, I'd rather have that guy. But Juicy's still solid. You just got to capitalize right now. Yeah, something really quick, two seconds before we move on. I see that offense very similar to Miami's offense. Yeah. Without the running back. You know, they have Gesicki, Hawkinson, that kind of like big bulky tight end over the middle mm-hmm. on the out routes. You have the speedster wide receiver and I'm on Ross St. Brown. And it's weird that I'm comparing him to Jalen Waddle, but he had similar kind of trajectory down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and definitely. a similar role. The only difference is the lions have a running back that they want to get the ball to and the dolphins mm-hmm. don't. So, yeah. you know, if that's going to change, you know, barring a crazy Deandre Swift trade or, something like that where he's not playing and they don't have a weapon like that, his value is capped. And that's the only reason Jalen Waddle is, is valued so high is because he's getting that volume that the running back would normally get. Absolutely. Yep. Just those manufactured, get the ball in your most electric dude's hands and make things happen. That's what the lions did down the, down the stretch. They literally had nobody. They're like, okay, let's just throw it to our fastest, juiciest player and see what happens. So, all right. So we'll move on to mine. I, don't have many notes on it. It's DK Metcalf. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, come uh, on, come on. I oh, thought I, I was joking. <laughs> I thought you were serious. No, I'm joking. Uh, despite DK did put up three touchdowns, that might be a good uh, sell high window. But uh, mine is Aaron Jones. I feel like Aaron Jones, the tread on the tires is starting to fall off. AJ Dillon is starting to get more touches. 
this is especially down the stretch for Green Bay. If Aaron Jones has a big game in the playoffs, it is time to sell. The second he has a big game in the playoffs, scores two touchdowns, 100 yards, that's when you sell. That week, that exact week, because A.J. Dillon's going to come storming through Aaron Rodgers. As much as we all probably think he's going to stay, it's too much of a factor on a soon-to-be 27-year-old running back uh, moving into next year. You know, his his stock's just way too high right now, and I just know it'll never reach where it is right now again. So if you're not going to trade them, you're riding them to zero. Yeah, I, I have to agree with Peter on this one, Jace. I, I know you obviously think different, but I just – his value is going to be the high. Like right now before Rodgers makes his decision and all that stuff, like it's just – AJ Dillon is so much better than him. I mean, it, it showed in the last game uh, versus on Minnesota versus Sunday night game. But um, I think I think you need to sell him now. I think this is the only opportunity to sell him at a reasonable value. He's one injury away from literally being worth negative, like a roster spot. So I would sell him ASAP. I'm I'm on the other side of things again, man. Like oh, you man. said, he, it showed in the Minnesota game. He had eight carries for 76 yards. Ever, Many carries? Wait, 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 hold up, hold eight. on, hold on. What? Eight, but he also had six targets oh. in the passing game. Five catches for 30 yards. Still got you 13.1. He's too efficient in the touchdown. passing game then. I mean, they're always, they signed him to a three-year uh, three deal last year. He's going to be there. He's their most, There's he's one of their safest options in the passing game. I think Rodgers and Devontae, they're going to find a way to stay. I think that offense is going to look very similar at the end of the day. I, I'm worried about the volume. I know what you guys are going to say. The age is also another concern. But for me, he's only been in the league for four years, if you think about that. that's pretty, Well, this was just his fifth year he's in right now. He hasn't been in the league that long. When he got in the league, he was splitting a lot of time, which he's doing again. So I don't think there's a lot of tread. Not a serious injury guy. And over the last four weeks, listen to his yards per carry. Seven. 4.46, 5.5, and 9.5. Like, he's still got the juice. I don't think he's better than Dylan. I think he's a, a, a more, like, electric yeah. runner. I think in between the tackles, Dylan's is probably a better runner. But as an athlete, I think Aaron Jones oh, that's is by fair. far the better athlete. That's fair. Um, that's that's fair to say. I agree. Yeah, but Jake loves A.J. Dillon. I, I love A.J. Dillon. You but can I love don't both. Think, They're yeah. not mutually exclusive. I, I just yeah. think, personally, the age is a little scary. The situation's a little scary. But when there's a dip this big and people, I feel like, are like yeah. trying to jump off the diving board, I'm just going to buy him, especially if I'm a competitor. And that's that's kind of the window I'm looking at him through. If I'm a rebuilder or about to end a rebuild, yes. Okay, go get your money's worth for sure because his value is high. But for me, when I'm looking at him as a competitor in the only league that I have him, I want him moving forward just because – I believe in the talent. He's got such a nose for the end zone. They LaFleur loves um, putting him in the red zone to scheme up um, different looks for him. He's always been efficient in that aspect. It's not sticky by any means, but he's put up a large sample size over the past three years. I, I just really like him. I think there's going to be a good enough dip. I would go buy him, but that's only if I'm a contender. So, um, But if I am a rebuilder, I agree with everything you guys say for sure. All right, so that is going to be the conclusion of our buy low window. Now, just to wrap up the show, we're going to go through this pretty quick. We're going to do our overreactions for the postseason. So overreacting to the entire sample size of our 17-week fantasy season that we had week one through the week 17 championship. 
and we're going to snake it around again, and I will start. Uh, so my biggest overreaction right now, Cordero Patterson will once again be a top 12 running back next year. I see Atlanta, and I say, you know what? They really don't need a running back when he runs the ball that efficiently. Mike Davis was obviously tragic this past year, and uh, I believe we talked about it on the podcast. Any of those Mike Davis believers, we we really didn't buy into it. All those analysts that said, thought he was going to break out into the Derrick Henry role, you know, we were kind of dispelling that early, not to take our victory lap or anything. But I, I see the way that he runs and the way that the city of Atlanta loves him and the coaching staff love him, loves him. Dean Pease and him were on Twitter talking back and forth about playing safety this past week. I saw that. <laughs> I just the way that I see him moving forward. I don't know if I would spend a first round pick on him, but if he's there in the second round and nothing has changed in that backfield, I'd 100% take him. Second round of what? Redraft. Redraft. My bad. Mm-hmm. Not dynasty, but uh, in dynasty. In the second round of redraft, he finishes the RB eight this year. Think about that. Yeah. Well, actually, number seven, I think, is what I'm looking at, which I think is PPR. Yeah, seven and PPR, so even even more on top. But for me with and Patterson – That wasn't an injury thing. That wasn't a James Conner, you know, falling into all these touchdowns. That was a volume. That man got yeah. the work. For me, he's 30 years old. He'll probably be 31 next season. I don't know his birthday. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. I feel like he just got everything – due to attrition in that offense, Calvin Ridley eventually left. Kyle Pitts was struggling, getting double teamed. Like Ridley's going to be gone too. Yeah, I if he gets re-signed there and he's like the only guy again, I could definitely see that. But the past three weeks, his yards per carry, 1.642, 3.1, only six targets over the last three weeks. Like, I don't know. I maybe hey, I, I see take, what you're saying. If the situation is exactly the way it is pretty much, or yeah. like they lose Ridley completely and it's pretty similar. I will take RB seven. I will take RB seven value in the second round every day and twice on Sunday. Oh, that's why you don't win championships. I, yeah, I don't think I could do that, but I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like he, I feel like he might be just nothing, but this is overreactions though. So like, I don't know. I just feel like that one needs to be tamed a little bit. I mean, I think it's a fair statement. I just think he was such a good value this year. That's why he was so good. Mm-hmm. Because people got him in the 16th round or whatever. Like he's like on the way. <laughs> yeah. So wait, it changes it changes how many points you put up based on what round you're picking? No. no but I'm I'm not like you're taking such a risk on a second round pick where I don't like to take my I don't like to take risks like that in the second round. You need I mean, I get by the time you would take him in the second round, you'd know the situation almost, but a lot can change. I mean, a lot can change in the summer. Obviously, a lot will change before the draft and even during the season. I just think it's a very risky second round pick, and I'm not willing to risk my second round pick like that. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. We've been talking too long on it. All right. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm sorry. Look, it's important. We're passionate. We're passionate about this stuff. All right, we're going to flip it around now. I believe it's Jace in the middle. It is me in the middle. So here's one I got for you guys. It's that Dak just isn't the same quarterback that he used to be, and he just can't support two consistent fancy wide receivers anymore. Um, kind Kind of to boil it down into one more sentence. Neither CD or Amari have top eight, uh, top eight to ten upside. 
um, while they were both there in Dallas. Um, CD was the number 15 wide receiver this season in PPR, and Amari was the wide receiver number 28 in PPR this past season. I, I agree. I, I really – I get they both – or Amari dealt with some injuries here and there, and Dak dealt with – did Dak deal with some injuries? Or was he just well, bad? He, he was like on and on again, off again, hurt. Yeah, you know, he started like, the no, season with the questionable. shoulder. But then he had his ankle, I think, not yeah. an ankle injury, but like he had like some kind of calf strain, you know, mm-hmm. just typical uh, wear and tear injuries. Yeah, on the he season. missed the game. What was Cooper Rush or whatever started Cooper the Rush game? against Minnesota? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. But, Jace, I, I agree. I, I don't think Dak is the same quarterback he used to be. I, I believe in the Dallas offense. I think they do really good things in the playoffs based on their defense. Um, I think their defense really helps stack out and really helps the team out. Um, I hope Dak can get back to what he used to be, and he has the weapons to do it. But Gallup just tore his ACL. He was going to be gone. Yeah, Gallup will be gone. Um, Zeke is just another year older. I get they have Pollard, but I don't know. I think it's a very uh, fair statement. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, A little bit more scared of Dak moving forward next year, and I really don't think that's a big overreaction. Um, CD. I still think he has, you know, top 10 upside, you know, even creeping into the top six if he gets the right kind of positive touchdown regression because he did not catch many touchdowns this year. I think he probably had like four all year. Uh, you know, you can check me on that. He definitely had less than like six, uh, if if my memory serves correctly. Uh, and that's what it's all going to be. Yep, yeah, four. It, abysmal, abysmal. Think about that. A top 15 wide receiver had four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um so he's going to get positive touchdown regression next year. It's just the way that it, the world works. But the biggest problem for Dak um, and his weapons that we, we've we seen this year is the um, – I'm trying to think of like a, a perfect word for this, but the uh, beatification of uh, Dalton Schultz and mm-hmm. uh, the other tight ends. The, he treats them – yeah, Blake Jarwin. He treats them like gods in the in the red zone. Yeah, you know they're getting like fifteen and sixteen yard chunks for touchdowns in the red zone all day long because all these defenses can't guard everybody out there and they're choosing to double those receivers. Um, so I'm a hundred percent with you there, Jace. Like it's it's just tragic and sad about these receivers, and we can only hope that Dallas is able to scheme them open a little bit better next year. Yeah, I think the only I feel like more of this argument, like I group both of them into not having top eight to top ten upside, but. I do think CD, like you said, he could have that positive touchdown regression and easily be that guy. He was the top 15 guy with only four, like you said. So I definitely see it with him because also he's just so good at high pointing the ball and making athletic plays in the red zone. Like um, I think that either both or one of the tight ends are going to be a free agent at the end of this season. I can't remember which one or if it was both, but Schultz Schultz is because okay, well that's their big guy who, yeah, he took over Jarwin. So, you know, that, he took up a lot of chunks uh, of that target share Dalton Schultz did. So if he's going to be gone, that definitely helps. And I think too, I think if they eventually make that switch from Zeke to Pollard, I know Pollard's a pretty good pass catcher, but they trust Zeke so much. Um, And Dak and Zeke are absolute best friends. So I think, you know, Dak would be a lot more inclined to throw to CD and Amari um, with Ezekiel Elliott off of the field, I feel like he's a little bit less inclined to throw the ball to Pollard over Zeke just because of the relationship and how good Zeke's been in the past, uh, in the past catching game over his career. Like, I think we forget about that a lot. 
Um, he's always been a PPR machine, whether or not he's been efficient with it. Um, I, I don't know. I just think while they're both there, they're both so good that they just take away from each other. And that offense too, um, like when they can run the ball, they want to run the ball. Dak is not throwing the ball 40 plus times a game like he was, um, you know, two seasons ago or three seasons ago when that was just the standard for him. It's just when they can run, they run. They're almost like the Bengals in that facet. Like Joe Burrow can cook, but when they can have mix and run the ball up people's grill all day, like they're going to do that as well and run the clock. So, yeah, I don't know. I see it, but at the same time, like, I feel like there's probably a buy low window on all these guys at the same time. All right. Moving out, Mr. Max, Mr. Champion. Again, wanna we're gonna give you your flowers. We're gonna give you your flowers today. Congratulations on the win. Edible uh, we're gonna let you finish out the show. We'll, we'll we'll let you finish out the show here with your overreaction. Yeah, you know. It's kind of like a three parter. Oh boy, am I excited. But um I do not think Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and or oh, pains me to say this, but Christian McCaffrey. I don't think any of them are top ten. Like I don't think they're top ten running backs anymore. I think it's just it's called an overreaction. Call it what you want. Um, Dalvin Cook's hurt every other game. I feel like Madison can do just his role just fine. Um, they're both. They're all getting to that age where it's like they're so close to the cliff. And all I get at the it. same time, that 2017 draft, or what was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. Because it was it was Camara, it was CMC, and it was Cook all in the same draft, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing, like, Camara, like, he was drafted in the third round and, like, didn't play much at Tennessee, whereas, like, Dalvin Cook was a workhorse running back. Florida Derrick State. Henry was a workhorse running back. Christian McCaffrey was a workhorse running back. These guys have had so many touches on their body. And you can even go as far to add Zeke. I think Zeke's a given that he's not a top oh, 10 Zeke running cooked, back. Zeke cooked, yeah. But I think these guys, like we value them as high commodities. But I just think they're all right there. And I think Madison can do the job just fine. I don't think Derrick Henry comes back anywhere near the same from this ankle injury. And McCaffrey, he just hasn't proven that he can stay on the field and it's just not worth the risk to me. I know you might sound crazy like Chase. I know you think McCaffrey's a top three pick right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd rather have Chase over him straight up. I'd rather at, 100%. Have, 100%. I would, I would as well. I'm a, like I said earlier, wide receivers, way longer term value. Give me the long-term asset for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'd rather the running have, back scarcity. I agree. But I, I mean, I could probably name 10 players. I'd rather have over all those guys right now. I'd rather have Devontae mm-hmm. over all of them. I'd rather have, JT over all them. I'd rather have J Jet. Um, I'd rather have, I mean, XYZ have Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it can go on forever, but I just think they're all not, they're just, they're, they're all going to fall off together. And you know what? It'll be beautiful because they'll all go out together. <laughs> and that's how life is. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. CMC, I can't necessarily agree with. I definitely uh, agree. Dalvin Cook. I, I just like, I don't, I've never had him anywhere, honestly. Like, yeah. I think the first time I ever drafted him was his rookie season. I think he tore his ACL that season. Yes, he, didn't he did. Play all year. So he just burned me like early on. This was like when I was a young, younger fantasy player, and it was pretty easy for me to get bitter over stuff like that. And uh, so I, he's, for me personally, like, I've labeled him as injury prone. I talked about not doing that, but you can't avoid personal bias all the time. I, I don't know, man. Like he's just never been that special of an option for me. I know it, he he can blow up here and there, but like I've never trusted him. The one thing though that I I keep Derrick Henry, man. Like Derrick Henry, 
I, I agree with everything you say, the writings on the wall, we talked about it in the past off season, what it looks like after falling up a 2000 yard rushing season, it's never good. They never do the same thing again, but Derrick Henry, I just, I don't think he'll be like that top three option he was, but I do think he could slip into the top 10 um, next season. If he's fully healthy, like he's one of those guys that he's avoided like relatively major surgeries um, throughout his career. The workload's definitely been high, but he's been I'm just like the model. He's been like Travis Kelsey at running back, essentially. Like he just takes all the hits and he's been good. But yeah, I think all those guys are just good names. If you're a rebuilder to, sell high absolutely to just bring all that conversation back home and looking at the age and the workload for a lot of these guys i, I could definitely see how the sunset is setting uh, for each and every one of them all right and as they say in hollywood cut that's an episode <laughs> championship congratulations max again from uh from all of us at the podcast to all of your leagues out there we know how much a fantasy championship means if you came up just shy like Jace, there's always next year in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. You know, reevaluate your team. And again, we've said this from the beginning. The most important part about a Dynasty lineup and a Dynasty roster is being truthful with yourself, where your strengths, where your weaknesses. It's the perfect time to do it now. Mm-hmm. Trade those players that you want, especially look for guys that you think are important that aren't going to play in the playoffs. So their year's done, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you won't have any playoff injuries to be looming over in the offseason. Uh, if you can make a pivot like that. But Great. no, seriously, from, from us at the Dynasty Monarchy to you, congratulations on the win. If you didn't win, there's always next year. And maybe if you listened a little bit more, <laughs> could have gotten over that hump. That's all right, it. anything before you guys, uh, before we all call it quits? Uh, just go out and just get a get a big-name player. Mm-hmm. Just Make a splash. Uh, Feels good. Difference make makers. You need difference makers to win. Um, I was lucky enough. I was blessed enough to have Devontae on my team um, in the championship game. And just like, hey, he carried me through the playoffs. I mean, having Kelsey at tight end the first round, like, it's the only reason I made it this, that far, you know. You need to get those difference makers. You need to – you can't – like, yes, it's so nice to have so much depth, but when it comes down to it, you need those big names. And I think Peter can definitely testify to this. Jason, you know, made the championship and had big names mm-hmm. with Cooper Cup and T. Higgins. I mean, like mm-hmm. – AJ Dillon or not AJ, um, Aaron Jones. And then like Peter, like Peter just didn't have the big names and no offense to Peter's team. Like he has a lot, a lot, a lot of amazing stars and talent. Young guys, the young rebuild, but I just didn't have guys that were constantly putting up 20 a game. I I just, I had the 15, the 12, the 15 guys, and it just wasn't enough down the stretch, especially at a position like wide receiver. That's so inconsistent. You know, Mm -hmm. if you can find those difference makers at wide receiver, you're golden. And uh, I just didn't have that. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I want to second that. Like even my team, like you, you pointed out some difference makers like Cooper cup, I feel like was really the only like true difference maker on my team. Uh, we were talking about this pre podcast, Max, like when you're building your teams, depth is so nice uh, for so many different reasons, especially in dynasty. But the reason it's your biggest asset um, is not only down the stretch when injuries happen and stuff like that, but when it's time to, you know, jump through that championship window or that hoop, you got to have depth to go get your difference maker players, to go get your Travis Kelsey's, your Cooper Cups, your Justin Jefferson's. You have to have ammo to go get those guys. Um, so until then, you know, build up that depth. But when, when it's time, you got you got to go pay up and go get your guys. You can't be afraid of – Push your chips to the middle. Yeah, yeah, you can't be afraid about, you know, 
oh man, look at all these chips right here. It's a big stack. It feels nice. I can, you know, stack them up over here, flip them through my mm -hmm. fingers. That makes a nice sound when I drop mm -hmm. them on the table. No, 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 no. You need your, you know, however, nine best players to go win that championship at the end of the day. It's one week. It's one roster. You got to have the guys. Um, Reach it, Jay. Skull. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying so. Don't, don't be afraid to make your moves. I'm, I'm on the cusp of that in one league, and it's exciting stuff. Go find your window and, and just go make it happen. If you fall up short, I mean, you'll never make it there unless you take your shot, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. I couldn't agree more, and I just want to end the episode on a challenge. You know, I want to – Peter, I want to challenge you. I want, oh, yeah. to, I, want to, I want to see some big moves, Peter. And I, well, I know look, you I'm have. waiting until week 18 is over. I'm waiting to, to get a lot of those guys being shut down. Okay. Hey, you know, Peter, I know you have a very, very good team, like I said, but I think you're like a one move away. I mean, you've made the playoffs both years. You're one move Second away. Second highest winning percentage hey, of all owners. If Max can go from dead worst last season in our toughest dynasty league that every manager is always on it, well, with the exception of a couple of bums we had in there at the beginning of the season that are no longer with us. True, we kicked their butts out. Gone. If you can, I mean, if you could turn it around in one year, if Max can do that, Peter can definitely do it with his roster. I can do it with 100%. mine. The Kuklas can do it with theirs. I mean, it's just this is honestly like the season is so great, and I'm I'm very sad it's gone. Um, thank God we it's still starting. have like we still have sports betting and stuff. So check us out on Saturday for sure, because um, that's you know that's still going to keep going, but. The offseason for Dynasty is just the best part. Talking about rookies, draft picks become so much more in trades. Um, I, I don't know. There's just so much speculation and so much upside and downside. It's just like my favorite part is just texting everyone and, you know, seeing trades go through and having people vote up for it on Sleeper. So mm, it, it's a, it's a beautiful excited. time. Text your friends. Yeah. Let's make some trades. Let's make some all trades. Right. Peter, I challenge you. Great episode, boys. That's right going to be all from us. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy to get the latest up-to-date news and notes there. Uh, again, we're going to be doing a follow, uh, you know, follow for an entry uh, on a giveaway for Super Bowl Sunday. So if you get in now, you'll be ready to go. No running it down to the wire, being scared that you didn't get it in. We are a little bit of a smaller uh, Twitter following for now. So, you know, if you get a better offer at a giveaway, go take it. I feel like it would be really hard to find that. Uh, your chance to win is probably extremely high. So just give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy and uh, turn on notifications, screenshot that, send it to us somewhere, and you'll be entered into the raffle uh, for a piece of signed memorabilia from Pristine Auction. We're not going to skimp. We're going to get something pretty nice for you guys. Um, with that being said, congratulations to all the winners again, and we will see you next week for our – 2021 season breakdown all right peace out everyone peace 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 peace, peace. take it easy thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast fancy some fantasy advice tweet or dm at dynasty monarchy on twitter until next time farewell my fellow kings and queens <laughs>